Hi everybody, this is Arathi from Human Chapters. I'll tell you a little bit about Human Chapters. Humans are living narratives with the past, present and future. These narratives constitute of a number of chapters across a lifespan. The aim of these conversations is to highlight a chapter of the narrative and unpack its connections to other chapters. I don't care whether people are natural storytellers, but I truly do believe each one of us has a worthy story to share. Acknowledgement to country. We acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands on which we are. We pay respect to their tribal elders past and present and emerging. We celebrate the continuing culture and we acknowledge the memory of the ancestors. Today, we yeah. are going to be speaking to Lally and um, Lally's chapter is Realms of My Soul from Surviving to Thriving. Welcome, Lally. Tell us a bit Hello. about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. It's so, uh, it's such an honor to connect with you, especially now in this time and day um, from Canada. <laughs> I live, yeah, I live in um, the na na uh, national capital uh, city, and I am a mom of two beautiful girls. Um, I am married, and I work as a public servant, actually, in my daytime, serving Canadians, um, mostly in, in uh, the vulnerable populations. So um, I am also a writer, a poet. Um, I've published, oh my goodness, seven books now, eight books since 2019. I've been very, very busy. <laughs> and um, my story is, you know, about um, self, you know, acknowledging self-healing, self-realization. Um, this whole life is a journey for us to find our own power and to give voice to our authentic inner child. And all of my stories are basically metaphysical nature um, with, you know, a bridge of the storytelling aspect. So I am uh, very happy to be here and to chat with you. Thank you so much, Lali. Um, tell us, tell us about your journey. What, how did it start and why are you doing what you are doing right now? Oh my goodness. Well, writing is such a passion for me. I don't even have, it's not even work. Um, and for me, I, it's very sort of difficult to explain, but I tap into a specific message when I'm writing. It's almost like I tap into the quantum field and there's information that, that, you know, comes naturally through my temple, which is my body. And I'm just a pen. Um, but I love the whole uh, storytelling aspect and creating, especially poetry. Um, and, you know, my mom said to me that I was always very much into writing, even when I was a young child. I started with writing poetry when I was six, seven, eight years old. It's just a way of me expressing myself. Yeah. Um, and it's also, I believe it's my purpose uh, to be, of service through the creative aspect of words and storytelling and poetry. A lot of my books are very much um, coded with uh, light, mm -hmm. which is <laughs> uh, meant to resonate with a reader if they so choose to um, in terms of information mm -hmm. and messaging. 
And so the first book that I published was in 2019 and it was um, my debut novel it was called Heart of a Warrior Angel from Darkness to Light. It was a metaphysical thriller um, and I really didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I haven't taken any <laughs> um, creative writing courses because my degree is in business and I have a master's degree in MBA, but it was such a huge calling for me um, to write the story. And it was really inspired by the people I was working with at the time. Um, it was, uh, I, I worked on Indian residential schools um, in Canada and it was the legacy and working with survivors to try to um, project some light on what has happened in our country with our indigenous yeah. brothers and sisters and, and people. And so they really were the catalyst and the trigger for this story. Um, and it also sort of catapulted me into my own healing journey and really taking a look at all of these blockages in terms of my childhood core wounds and, um, you know, things that I have been going through myself that I've suppressed, right? Um, when we are, especially as women, you know, we're career driven, we're mothers, we're, we, you know, we run the household, we, we're cooking, we're cleaning, we're balancing. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, I was always in that mindset of putting everyone first. Yeah. And as a result of that, my body just shut down. You're like, you're not a superwoman, <laughs> you know, because I did not pay attention to all the red flags that were coming up um every single day my body was telling me the fatigue you know I went through depression I went through I have mental health issues I didn't want to admit the mental health aspect that I was going through um and even burnout eventually I burnt out and um I had to really stop and pay attention to these signs and so that's where the healing sort of coincided with my first book. It was quite, um, yeah, it was quite a quite a catalyst for for change for me. Yeah, that is so interesting, um, Lally. And I'd love to unpack the mental health and burnout aspect a little mm -hmm. bit um, deeper, but only if you're comfortable with it. Yes, of and course. The phrase, you're not a superwoman, that resonates deeply in today's world where women think they might be able to do it all. The pressures, they, they want to do it all as well. How, what was that particular part of your life like for you? It's so true. It's that, you know... Um sort of society dictates to us like we can have it all but at the same time uh for me it was I was sort of trying to prove to myself that I was worthy of having it all <laughs> and what that meant to me is that um you know I I had to excel in you know my career I had to excel in being the best mother um, I had to excel in um, my professional development. I was taking, 
a master's degree for a year and a half while I juggled it all. And what was happening is that I, I started feeling exhaustion. Um, I, I've, when I think it was the early forties when my kids were still young, my body shut down and I could not get out of bed one day. And there was this oversense, uh, this feeling of emotion of just breaking down. I didn't realize why, but I just couldn't stop crying for two days. <laughs> um, and I realized now after some self-reflection, it's because I was ignoring a lot of the core wounds within me, um, childhood wounds that I, you know, didn't want to acknowledge because I thought, you know, uh, that's, that's weakness. Um, that that I, 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 I didn't really know how to prioritize myself. Mm -hmm. I was always taught that, you know, when you love someone unconditionally, you do everything for those, for your family, for your friends, for your children. But there was something in me that sort of quieted my own voice and my own needs. Um, and so the burnout uh, was a result of all of those as aspects of my mental and emotional, um, like, not well-being, but not having a healthy mindset, yeah. if you know what I mean. There was a lot of self-chatter. There was a lot of negativity, you know, putting myself down um, for not being able to do certain uh, aspect or trying to keep up, keep up with the Joneses, keep up with the society, keep up with everything that um, I was always told that I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And um, that, you know, that lasted for about six months until I was ready to gain all of my strength back. I honestly lost 20 pounds with two weeks. That's how exhausting. So it's like the, the burnout of, you know, the, the nervous system basically, right. That's what that is. The inflammation was so overwhelming for my body yeah. that it just, it couldn't continue anymore. So, you know, I started going uh, to see um, a therapist. I started having um, sessions in terms of, I call it tapping, um, to try to release some of those um, stuck emotions that was in me. And at the same time, I had a sort of an awakening, like a spiritual awakening. <laughs> and that to me was all about the self-discovery journey like who am I why am I really here what is my purpose you know um I I, I take my job as a mom very seriously but there, I knew there was something more underneath and I knew that I could only be the best version of me once I healed myself yeah um all such powerful questions. <laughs> yeah. In that moment of spiritual awakening, is it a defined moment or was it a gradual sort of lead up to it? Tell us a little bit about, if you do remember it, um, what happened in that moment when you questioned and believed in those questions? 
it honestly was almost uh, simultaneously when I went through the burnout and, um, you know, I felt this sort of emptiness inside of me, like this dip, deep pit of emptiness and hollowness um, that that sort of awakening was triggered within me. Mm-hmm. And that naturally the questions started to come forth in terms of purpose. What is my purpose in life? Um, and I've had, you know, several scenarios of depression before that, um, even, you know, runs of um, taking my own life, suicidal thoughts, um, and all of this just culminated into this one epic time when um, I was starting to heal from the burnout, mm-hmm. I also started to look into meditation. Yeah. Once I started to, um, and that was the hardest thing for me, to be honest with you, I could not quiet my mind. <laughs> my mind was, uh, you know, the brain is a computer. It's a superpower, right? It's a super, super computer. And so it was the continuous chatter, continuous chatter of like, you know, uh, the worst case scenarios, the worries, the fears, mm-hmm. um, even like imagining things like with my children, you know, like it was just like a horror movie <laughs> in my in my brain. And, and so I realized meditation was about being still, mm-hmm. like trying to just not, you know, ignore those thoughts or ignore those um um ideas it's more just letting it be and try to be still so it took me months to be able to stay in that in between thoughts phase you know stillness for maybe five minutes Mm -hmm. and there was so many things that happened at the same time I was getting you know um we talked about numerology earlier before we started but I was getting signs from the universe in terms of you know, my direction, like 1111, seeing 444, seeing 222. <laughs> um, there was uh, lots of sort of synchronicities with, within me, sort of telling me that I need to go on this trip. I went mm-hmm. to a trip to uh, Italy yeah. with my sister um, for the first time without my children. And it there was such an incredible experience. And mm-hmm. It was a twofold trip because I had to face my fear Mm -hmm. and the fear that I had was um, very deep. And this, once I faced my fear, my fear and overcame it, then I had this beautiful growth of pure joy and enlightenment in this other part. So I can't even explain. And I thought it was almost like um, it was, I went through a portal Mm. and um, it was like, I've been here before in a different lifetime or a different planet. And all of a sudden, this knowing within me started to sort of open up like a flower, like a blossom, like all of this, I call it a gnosis, mm-hmm. like what my soul has been through before incarnating into this physical form on this particular earth. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And that's when a lot of my spiritual uh, work had begun in terms of uh, 
understanding how I'm supposed to, you know, reach out and um, help people rediscover their uh, authentic selves, mm -hmm. their own spirit, their own soul. Mm -hmm. And um, through the, the writings, through all of my, my fiction and poetry work. That's incredible. And I would love to, so that period of burnout, um, depression, just that, just that total breakdown. But then I yeah. want to take you back even further. And you mentioned your core child wounds. Yes. What, what did you mean by those? So, you know, we all go through experiences as children and um, depending on those experiences, you know, there's a, if there's a wound to the child, if there's loss, if there's physical abuse, if there's neglect, it causes us um, a sort of trauma, right? Mm -hmm. That, that then what happens is that we have this blockage within us. And I believe our body we have seven, I call them color spinning wheels, but they're energetic. Um, I also call them portals. They're energetic fields. Mm. You've heard of chakras. Yeah. So, so I don't use the word chakras, but we have these seven energetic fields and the lower three from the root to the sacral, they're very much grounded into the uh, physical realm. And so there's, what we do is that when we have some sort of a trauma or or wounding it gets stuck within us because we don't know how to express it especially majority of the time it's from fear of feeling unsafe mm -hmm. when we don't feel unsafe um or when we feel that we're not seen or we're not valued um or you know if we're abused verbally physically in any way all of those aspects of us, of our soul gets fragmented and we have these blockages within us. And what happens is that we start to tell ourselves this narrative based on those wounding of who we are. We identify with those, that narrative and we attach to that narrative. And so we live each day through that lens of that narrative. I'm not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. Mm -hmm. um, I will accommodate everyone else's needs before mine. And those were the people-pleasing aspects mm -hmm. that I had to really dig deep, deep to um, sort of find, mm -hmm. acknowledge, mm -hmm. and heal it through me because it was stuck in me for so long. Mm -hmm since childhood yeah and you know this journey is about self-realization it's not about blame it's you know our parents did the best they could in that moment but it's really understanding um our emotions mm -hmm. and emotions to me are superpowers i mean we've been well for, i'll speak for myself but i was conditioned that you know showing an emotion is weakness right you swallow your emotion and you keep up, keep your chin up. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's honestly your body telling you from an energetic perspective 
that you need to feel the emotion, the anger, the sadness, the fear, the worry, mm -hmm. you know, um, the anxiety, so that we can express it out of us. But if we don't, we suppress it and it gets stuck. It gets stuck in our fields, energetic fields. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's that's really interesting to think about and go like, you know, you've talked about the larger traumas, but then there are your more subtle traumas and there's still traumas, which that idea of how much is accumulated through life and what's actually stuck exactly but yeah really yes and and again it, it, there's it's a spectrum we don't have to have like ex, you know extreme trauma to feel this yeah. even as children right like we go to school and we get bullied because we're different you know yeah. that's the neurodivergent perspective for me is like I always felt I didn't belong mm in the world and the family I was like there's something different and, I, and and you know I was a very quiet child yeah um I never really used my voice to speak up for myself I was afraid of confrontation so these are all classic symptoms of people pleasing <laughs> um but it, again it's just because I was the oldest of four kids four daughters and so I took on um, the responsibility for making sure that everyone in my family was happy right and sometimes um, trying to avoid conflict with parents with with uh, you know my sisters I, I took on the protective role yeah right so when you take on that role there's a certain there's certain aspects that come with that. And that means it's at your own detriment. <laughs> and nobody tells you to take it. You just do because you want to keep peace in the family. That's right. Um, you said that you felt like you didn't belong. Mm -hmm. What? Why was like, what was that like for you? And what well, I know you've touched yeah. on it, but yeah. It's like, honestly, um, from I don't remember very much I I've had to through realms of my soul I had to actually go through deep and do some reflection and I I I, I kind of connected with my internal living library which we all have and we all have that ability and I kind of I, I saw snapshots of my life the first you know 10 years the second the second decade but within the first 10 years I always felt like this was not my home mm. like there's just there's something it's very difficult to articulate because you can't put your finger on it but now I understand it's just it didn't feel natural to me to be in this space and there was always resistance against it so when we are resisting we're not flowing yeah. right with our natural way of being and so that just sort of perpetuates okay so Lali you stopped uh saying that it all sort of perpetuated yes so the you know that behavior um the the patterns all perpetuate the cycle of suffering as a child and then dealing with everything else around um 
around me as I grew up because there was there was you know a lot of um, physical abuse in my family and I touch upon that in my poetry book realms of my soul um, but at the end of the day it caused as a young child in my inner child it caused me a lot of anxiety mm. and I gave my power away I gave my power away because I learned that that was the way um, to have you know to to basically have a relationship with everyone mm. is to sacrifice myself for their happiness yeah. um, and you know I was always seeking attention. I was always seeking validation. You know, the good girl, <laughs> the good girl sort of uh, archetype, right? Always getting A's and, you know, doing everything she was told to do, working really, really hard, um, never saying no to anyone, uh, going out of my way to be helpful um being agreeable saying sorry for even though things that I you know didn't do anything wrong I would take the blame I would apologize right so that patterning sort of um brought me into my uh tween and teenage years but then the way because of my hormones the way it started to show itself was through depression mm -hmm. because I was going against my natural way of being the you know I, I wasn't really living life it was more um just being a robot being just existing basically so I didn't you know um because of all of the, those wounds the accumulation of them mm -hmm. in my teenage years it it manifested itself as depression um you know, unhappiness, uh, suicidal thoughts. Um, it, it was a rough time. <laughs> the second day kind of was a rough time, to be honest with you. It's just, I was just, I didn't belong mm -hmm. and I wanted to go home. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but that mindset mm -hmm. was so powerful and the subconscious mind is so powerful that, I, again, got lost in that identity. Mm. I got lost in that identity. But my heart was always, you know, it was this disconnect between my mind and my heart, to be honest with you. Because in my heart, there was always um, the kindness, the compassion for people, the connection, um, you know, the, the, the hope that there's something better for, for myself, for my family, for humanity. But because of my mind, it was a whole dis disconnect. It was a separation from yeah. my true self, my divine aspect, my being. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really realize that, right? Because I was so attached to that identity. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was so much more to me mm -hmm. than the, you know, the suffering and the anxiety and the depression. <laughs> yeah. So that's an interesting segue into um, the questions you posed when you were talking about the spiritual awakening. Who am I? What am I here for? What's the purpose? When those questions were posed by the universe, by yourself, um, 
what was what came about or what answers were revealed um what happened next after those questions oh it's, it's such a mystical experience really and everyone goes through it uh you know differently in their own unique way but for me it was a revelation that i am the light the light that i am mm -hmm. the i am you know, reminded me, it was a remembrance of my true self, my soul, my divinity. And I, when I say divinity, I'm not speaking with regards to religion at all. Religion, um, you know, that's, that's a dogma that's man-made on earth, but it's the spark of life that, you know, we basically uh, emanate from. And to me, that's love. Love consciousness. Love is not just, it's not an emotion. It's the essence of who we are. Mm -hmm. We all are aspects of, you know, source, <laughs> which is that unified field in the quantum field, if you want to look at it that way, mm -hmm. that's experiencing life through the physical form. Mm -hmm. So it was this remembrance that came to me in, in a white light mm -hmm. in my mind's eye, my third eye. <laughs> that opened up and from there then I was able to really um, understand you know my journey and feel compassion for myself mm. really get start that healing process mm. even in my 20s um, having hope having faith mm. that everything's happening uh, to me for a reason mm -hmm. and that purpose is going to reveal itself yeah. and that's difficult to do in your you know when you're in your teens and your 20s you still don't understand life you're still trying to figure out you know what what it's all about what you're doing like the career choices everything mm -hmm. the love life the children come yeah but it was the you know, the start of the connection between the heart and mind coherence for me. Mm -hmm. So to align them both. But that took a while. That took a long time. <laughs> so what are some of the practices, some of the things you did um, to bridge, not bridge the gap, but create create that cohesiveness? Yeah, that's, that's a great question um, for me, because I didn't really uh, take any type of um, courses or I didn't have life coaches or anything. It was more that, you know, tapping into the quantum. And for me, the first thing was to get in touch with my breath. Mm -hmm. Breath work was the most important aspect of healing because I didn't realize I was not really breathing. It was shallow breathing. So once you, I started meditation, I started the, you know, different types of breath work, like inhaling, exhaling, holding the breath. That then turned into the realization and the awakening of my observer, which is the higher self than all of us that navigates our life plan and our life journey. <laughs> You know, um, it is the spirits that we all are. People call it um, spirit guides and 
but I, I, anyway, I, I won't get into the spirituality aspect because I, I don't resonate with new age, but it is the higher aspect of us that it's like the GPS for our life, if you will. <laughs> and that opened my, um, opened me up to really uh, understanding and listening to my intuition because the intuition is the soul speaking to us, yeah. right? Um, in our everyday moments. Mm. I've also did a little, little bit of um, tapping. I don't know if you've heard of tapping therapy with the meridians to release some of the tension, yeah. um, you know, the stressors that were all around me. Because mm. stress was honestly the biggest trigger for me with regards to my invisible disabilities, I call it which yeah. is the mental health aspect. It's the inflammation of your nervous system. And it doesn't know, your body doesn't know how to, it's so unnatural. We mm. just don't know how to deal with too much stress. So mm. it shows up in us in different ways, in illnesses, mm. right? Diseases, um, mental health, mm. burnout was like the top level. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we meditation, breath work, uh, quantum tapping, um, movement and flow of body. So a lot of like the yoga, yoga work, because I was always a, a person that was uh, busy and, you know, juggling three or four things at a time, mm -hmm. but I never really took care of my physical health. Mm -hmm. So that allowed me to also prioritize my physical my mental and my spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And that was the culmination for me. That's so, and I wonder how many people, if the ones that are going to be listening in, how many will resonate to, and to what degree as well. Um, that, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting to see that you're talking about all of the physical, mental, spiritual health how many people I listen to talk about it, but also in my own life, um, that they are the things that I consider very seriously. And, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's about being conscious of it, like being aware in our everyday moment. Yeah. You know, I find that we live in the past so much, you know, what's happened to us, who's to blame, mm -hmm. you know, um, blame life for everything that we go through even the horrific um, experiences but once we get in touch with that higher aspect you know that observer mm -hmm. we realize things are happening for us for a reason which we don't know what the reason is and I'm not saying bad things happen for a reason for you know um, for children and stuff but we don't have control of the past but the past is done. Mm -hmm. What we do have control is what we do now with our present moment. Mm -hmm. And every morning we wake up, we take a deep breath. It's a moment of reset. Yeah. It's a moment of making new choices, new decisions, right? Yeah. Right? Like taking our power back from the systems, from people, from relationships. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I've learned is to be really kind to myself. Yeah. The biggest aha moment and lesson. I was like, you know what? You made mistakes, but that's okay. 
let's learn from the mistake and we grow that's the other thing it's like every opportunity is an opportunity for growth Mm. and um you know an opportunity for us to flourish but Mm. we we have to have compassion for ourselves just like as a mom when i see a child in need my heart just opens up my child any child but what happens when I'm in my inner child is in need? Yeah. Why do I neglect her? Mm. You know? So it's like turning that scope inwards and doing that work that has been um, really life-changing for me. Um, and I, I hope people, when they hear this, it's like, start focusing on ourselves. I, I think we are such powerful beings, to be honest with you. And this is my metaphysical <laughs> um sort of healer in me we have an opportunity to co-create the reality we want to co-create like and it's easier said than done because the healing journey and really looking having the courage Mm. and to be brave enough to look into the deepest aspects and shadows of ourselves that we don't want to see for whatever reason Mm. be it shame you know be it like guilt we don't want to acknowledge it. It just keeps us stuck in that realm. And the only way that we can dissolve these things is if we shine our light of awareness on it yeah. with compassion, with forgiveness. Because mm-hmm. when we forgive ourselves, then we can learn to forgive others. And it's it's not about you know saying whatever someone's done to you is okay. It's about releasing ourselves from that bondage of that court. So I call it like it's a cord, this little spiritual cord that's attached to that experience that weighs us down. So we keep just, you know, in that survival mindset. That's it. And, you know, it gets me thinking about like anything that where there is um, uncomfort or slight discomfort. Yes. There are going to be resistive forces that instantly start existing. And so anything where you go oh I'm not too sure about this what's the resistance but then my question is you've talked about the higher self you've talked about the observer you've talked about that sort of a wider openness if you will um, that permits you to almost gently put down these resistant forces for a person who may not be aware of the higher self the open observer what about them like how how do you almost not you don't want to again push past them that um but that sort of gentility how does that yeah happen that's that's why i think like i said everyone has you know, their journey and their story. We all have a story to tell, right? This is my story that I'm sharing with you, but we can't force it on anyone else. They have to be the one Mm -hmm. that awakens that remembrance of the authentic soul of who we are. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a name, Lali, and I've been put in a box. I'm a female, you know, I'm white. I'm like, I've been sort of, it's like limiting us to our, our, the depth of um, creativity that we have within ourselves. So we have to see past that and really um, connect with 
the innocence in us, mm. the innocence that we have, you know, we've lost really because of all of the programming mm. and conditioning, right? Um, but the, I, 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 when people ask me this question, there is no magic formula. Mm. <laughs> it's, you know, it's about really just going inward. Yeah. Stop giving our attention to external aspects. There is no Messiah. Yeah. There's no savior outside of us. Mm. We are our own saviors. It's wonderful to have faith. And it's wonderful to have practice because I pray all the time, but I don't, you know, depend or expect mm. anything or anyone else outside of me mm. to save me mm. from my own um unhappiness or sorrow or misery those programs that are within us we have to and and you know there'll be there'll be triggers for mm. example my first book huge trigger mm. huge trigger because i talk about child abuse mm. right yeah. so there'll be triggers all around us and it makes us feel uncomfortable and we just want to a flight or flip right we want to flee from from that we want to blame and we want to get angry and it's everything everyone else's fault everything else is to blame but we just don't go inside and say why is this triggering me what is it about this particular situation that i feel so uncomfortable like i want to jump out of my skin or i'm so afraid mm. i'm so afraid of what this means for me so I always say triggers are a gift mm. because it's an opportunity to go inward and do the work. You've heard of shadow work. It's, you know, that's another sort of um, modality of really connecting with our, our authentic selves and our, our inner child and going through some of the memories of trauma, of even loss, anything, anything that grief that's, um, our soul has fragmented mm -hmm. and try to unify the mm -hmm. aspects of ourselves. Because, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, we've never been broken. We feel broken, mm -hmm. but we're not broken. Mm -hmm. Our soul is always whole. Mm -hmm. And so we want to connect with that wholeness again. Mm -hmm. And we want to have the freedom to be able to express ourselves in a safe manner. And that, that is, um, I believe the, you know, the biggest, biggest proponent of inner healing is to be able to find our voice and be able to express ourselves in a way that's not harming anyone else. Because mm. that's, you know, energy work. <laughs> and I'm trying not to get into this, you know, the energetic aspects, but we are all energy mm. and you can destroy energy. And what we put out comes back into our realm, our reality. So if we're constantly suffering, if we're constantly unhappy, if we're constantly blaming or judging or tapped into the chaos of the external narrative, mm -hmm. we're just bringing that back into our fields again and again. And, you know, sort of your, your brain your brain's attention is there exactly sort of, and that's what you see that's what 
you yeah it's really interesting um to think about it in that respect thank you and I loved what you said like our soul is whole and sort of that feeling of brokenness but you know I would go the world the, it, the those polars right black and white good and yes um, and that's polarity it, this yeah. polarity exists in everything yeah <laughs> so it's yeah. a matter of understanding like it's oh you know there is polarity but then the we have free will to make choices for ourselves doesn't mean that we have to you know be ignorant of what's going on in the world or ignorant of the dark aspects of humanity it's just having the respect to acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and then basically make sure that we are taking action that will alchemize that darkness into love that's the beauty of life you know we're all alchemists and when I say like we're love consciousness we are love in action everything we think everything we feel everything we do yeah is a representation of that natural force you know that's how powerful we are <laughs> as humans mm-hmm. and I think we have to stop sort of outsourcing our approval mm-hmm. uh, you know that's what anxiety is and and worry is like we're outsourcing our the approval we're waiting for someone else to say you know I validate you you know and that's the the part where I'm saying like we're bringing ourselves back to wholeness we're taking the power from anything else nothing in this world I've realized through my journey is worth um your peace of mind you're like my inner peace is the most precious commodity because when I am at peace and I am aligned then I am the best version of me you know I'm able to deal with anything that comes my way yeah Lali what does that inner peace look like for you and feel like yeah it's just joy it's harmony it's feeling safe in my body Mm. I'm no longer thinking I had you know, as a teenager, I had body dysmorphia, you know, I'm no longer beating myself up in the way I look, if I gain weight, you know, the wrinkles on my face, the filters that everyone's using to (laughs) try to portray themselves as something they're not, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just inside of me. I accept myself wholly. And that is inner peace yeah and so when that happens to me I just I am filled with gratitude for all the little things you know like in the morning I hear the birds chirping and it just lights my heart (laughs) you know the the wind in our hair in my hair or I love to travel and connect with mother earth that's the other huge healing modality for me is I believe we're all connected you know, mm-hmm. there's an interconnection to the universe, to earth, the sun, mm-hmm. you know, the planet, the grass, the trees, as above, so below. There's a hermetic 
sciences. I don't know if you're into esotericism, but we are all aspect of each other. And so when I'm connected with Mother Earth and um, I'm grounded, that's inner peace for me. Yeah. I feel her pulse within yeah. my heart. Mm. So we're, we're all in harmony. Yeah. So beautifully um, narrated. <laughs> Thank you. Now, Ali, let's talk about your writing and yes. your first book. Tell us whatever, actually, whatever you wish to tell us about your writing. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, my first book was called Heart of a Warrior Angel from Darkness to Light. I feel like I've come full circle since then. Yeah. Um, I released in 2019. And, you know, I a lot of the, uh, it's a metaphysical thriller. And the main character's name is Lilac. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of her inner child and the demons that she had to deal with mm. was really my own. And so I was able to voice that through the narration, through the writing, through the characters. It's total fiction. Like it's not my my life story, but a lot of my experiences, I was able to infuse into the characters so that they were relatable. When the readers are reading, it's relatable to them. Um, and it was all about, you know, the main character, you know, turning fifty dealing with those big questions what is life what am what am I here to do and going through that um, self-reflective journey her, herself and dealing with a lot of the the demons in her life right so it was you know the themes are about overcoming mm. adversity overcoming trauma um and transforming ourselves so she was an angel incarnate she transforms herself um the second book was a little bit so there's a trilogy of angels that uh that i am supposed to write it's a calling for me i don't know if i can explain this properly but it's a mission work that i'm here to write these stories mm -hmm. and try to reflect some of my gnosis my my inner wisdom my sort of knowledge that I tapped into uh, in terms of, you know, what is the nature of life and reality. And so the second one um, was Lilac's uh, daughter, younger daughter, Joe, Josephine. And um, I released uh, The Decoding of Joe in 2020. And it's the first book of three. And that is the Ascending Angel Academy series. And in it, I'm able to really sort of tap into young adult experiences of um, going through mental health, going through, um, you know, different types of traumas and uh, introducing a variety of characters that are very diverse, um, you know, to be inclusive because at the end of the day, we're all the same. Um, so the decoding of Joe is like, you know, basically earth is an angel academy and um she's activated and she has to figure out her uh her true self mm. and she speaks to the uh, council of light so there's another aspect of it that's a little more metaphysical and a lot of the transmissions i write about in the decoding of joe is my own okay so 
I sort of infuse again my experiences within the characters. Um, the second book in that trilogy is called The Blade of Truth, and it's all about coming to terms with certain aspects of our inner truth and um, the truth of you know, the world around us, really. <laughs> I introduced the concept of um, alien forces <laughs> outside of humanity, shapeshifters. You know, I talk about the um, nefarious agenda that's happening uh, on Earth mm. and um, try to open, you know, the reader's mind to certain aspects of our origin. Mm -hmm. um, the third book is called Keys to Eternity. And it's basically Joe and her friends are at a precipice. It's good versus evil. There's a collapse of timelines that are happening because um, the world has gone astray. They've gone into artificial intelligence. They've lost uh, the connection to their spiritual self. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a catalysmic of, uh, event that happens. I don't want to give it away, but it really delves into uh, two different timelines, the timelines of ancient Atlantis and ancient Lemuria. And Atlantis, I don't know if you've heard, but, you know, was a, pop a population of um, advanced civilized uh, civilization that had the technology where they eventually destroyed themselves. And so Lemuria is more, you know, connecting to the um, sort of inner uh, healing goddess energy, the divine feminine, the mother Gaia energy, more of the creator, the nurturer, the, the heart center, you know, the compassionate energy, the kindness. And so I introduce, um, it's like an epic uh, science fiction fantasy because I introduce mythical characters in Keys to Eternity. So those are the fictional works. Um, the other uh, publications that I was able to release is poetry. And in 2020, yeah. Oh yeah, okay, sorry, my time, my, my timelines are off, but we went into the pandemic in 2020, and that's another story. But in, in November, 2020, I, release the joy of it it which is infinite transcendence mm -hmm. and it was that um uplifting messages of who we really are the nature of our being yeah. you know that um that i hope helped people see that they could transcend the limitations that you know society has placed on us like the human world has placed on us um, and it was such a beautiful co-creation of other artists and light workers. It was like um, a coffee table book with beautiful art and poetry that came into full unison that was very inspirational and transformative. So it brought me to such a gorgeous place of pure joy, mm. pure joy. Um, and then in 20, I said last year, 2022, I released Organic Emotions, okay. and that was poetry for humanity, and in humanity is unity, yeah. because we are 
meant to unify as a civilization. And the, the, the aspect of organic emotions is really connecting to the feelings that come up in us. Like our emotions are a superpower. So I sort of talk about all the different types of emotions I went through when we went through lockdown, the fear, the worry, the anxiety, <laughs> the anger of cognitive dissonance, you know, with all of the different messaging. So that's, that was, uh, um, that was the way that I was able to release all of that. It was very, very healing. Yeah. And in, um, you know, last fall, I guess I was inspired to really, again, look within myself there was a you know an event that happened with a loved one and you know I thought I was you know above all of the the sort of you know the uh the shadow work within me but there was still aspects of me that I didn't realize I was perpetuating was people pleasing so realms of my soul is my story over five decades of how I dealt with core childhood, childhood wounds of, um, you know, the people pleasing acts was how I was programmed and I had to sort of um, peel the onion <laughs> to, to rediscover myself as a self-realization journey. And it really captures all of my experiences, my reflections, the lessons I've learned, even as a parent, you know, how my love is unconditional, but I was putting a lot of my doubts and fears onto my children, like, un, you know, uh, subconsciously, I didn't realize I was doing that. Um, and yeah, and uh, the, the last book, so the, the Rouse of My Soul is three book series. So the first one is about dreaming. It's, it kind of sort of takes, um, effect as a, a butterfly's metamorphosis, but it's a metamorphosis of the spirit. Yeah. So the first one is about dreaming and that's really a look into inner inner child and it, my experiences. The second one is about cocooning. So what I did, you know, how did I sort of become the person I am today? All of those experiences. And the third is a golden gift. It's the transformation. It's the, you know, how did I get out of the chrysalis? and become this butterfly and in it i also include my master class mm -hmm. all of the wisdom and knowing the esoteric uh philosophies that i've also looked into that i really resonate with and i live every single day is in the third book yeah wow that's incredible <laughs> so busy but that sort of a whole feeling of looking inward to produce this outward work. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, me being so vulnerable and realms of my soul and um, a bit honest, but using poetic mm -hmm. artistry, I, I, you know, the intention behind every book is for me to even help one person. I have done my job. I have I have fulfilled my mission and my purpose here, right? And so if people relate to it, but also can be entertained by the different types of poetry, like the haikus and the sonnets and, 
you know, the ballads and the free verse while I tell my story, uh, you know, I think it could be quite, um, quite healing for whoever resonates with it. And, you know, I was saying, um, I like to sort of live in the background. <laughs> I'm not, a, I don't like to be up front and center. Um, and my name, Lali A. Love, is a pen name. So this gives, you know, my readers a bit of insight to who I really am and what really, what experiences really inspired my books. Because the books have been bestsellers. They've won so many awards. I'm just so grateful for that. Um, and it's worldwide. It's available in every distribution platform and channel um, and it's been quite a journey it's been quite an experience and I know that uh, you know there's a bit more in me that I, I'd like to write and put out there and create um, but uh, yeah this gives the the reader a bit more insight of who I am and just so you know love is my middle name Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> Lolly is my first name and love is my middle name. I, I, I actually, there's one poem in The Forgotten Dream, which is the first book where I say, when I landed this world, The Forgotten Dream, I was named Yocheved, oh. which means by the grace of love. Yeah. Wow. So that's, you know, that's the full circle moment it's for really me. It's really going back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's impressive. Um, Lali, thank you so much for joining me on Human Chapters, um, generously sharing your chapter so deeply. Uh, for anyone that's listening, do you have a couple of key takeaways um, for, yeah, anyone in the world? Yeah, absolutely. Um no matter where you are, no matter what journey you have been on, no matter what your life story is, it's never too late mm. to start and to really self-reflect and heal yourself. I believe the best service we can do to humanity is to go inward. Mm. Our light is so strong when we are... Um, when we are balanced and we are neutral and aligned, we reflect so much light and openness and harmony and joy that we affect everybody. And the heart space actually has neurons. There's scientific evidence now about that. Um, okay, so Lali, you talked about the heart, having heart space. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we have, um, we can actually radiate so much light and so much harmony and love. I think 10 feet within our heart space when we're in our hearts. And, um, you know, when people show up with kindness and with compassion, we actually help elevate the world to a better place. So I just want to know, let everyone know that everyone is a multidimensional being that um, you are worth and worthy of so much love and so much harmony and joy and peace and you're valued and your presence here today is changing the world. 
just being, mm. we're actually evolving humanity. <laughs> so thank you so much for yes. your gift of presence, Artie. You are so welcome, Lally. And um, to everyone that's going to be listening to this conversation, thank you all very much for continuing to support Human Chapters. Um, please share it with others. I am certain it will resonate with so many of us. Um, and this conversation will be uploaded onto Human Chapters YouTube human chapters podcast on your different platforms and human chapters um, page on facebook as well so thank you all very much <laughs>